We are launching a new three-week series called Exponential, and I honestly have faith to believe that this message is going to speak to a few of you in a very powerful way. So what I want to do is I want to talk to those of you who might feel like you're settling in life, like that you've settled or you're in the process of settling. You believe that one point or another, God would do something amazing. You had faith for miracles. You were believing for a movement in your life. Perhaps you read that book that came out years ago, The, the Prayer of Jabez, and God enlarge my territory, bless me in ways, God, use me to make this big difference in the world. And then life just kind of kept happening. Not much went down, and you started to settle when it came to spiritual things. Now, since you haven't seen God do something significant in a while, Maybe you're willing to settle for just the consolation prize, the next best thing. Like, okay, God, I was hoping for this, but now I just, I'll take this, whatever you can give me. God, just do something, just do anything. So this is a message for those who feel like you're settling in life. Maybe as a young girl, you were really believing God for a godly man. God, bring him to me, six foot tall, fit full of faith, on fire for God, potential great daddy, amazing husband, good kisser, all for the glory of Jesus. But then as time went on, it just became, okay, God, bring me a man. (laughs) I know for myself, it's the opposite of that story. That's where that illustration comes from. Just bring me a woman. But maybe it's a job. Maybe it's okay, God, I want to I do something that's going to transform the world. I want to start this company. And then as time goes on, it's like, okay, I'll just, I'll just take any job. I'll just do something maybe with benefits. Maybe it's even in your parenting. I'm going to be this, fanpa- this fantastic parent. Like, it's so hard to explain parenting to someone who doesn't have parents. And we start off with this, okay, I'm going to read books to my kids every night. We're going to tell stories. We're going to have prayer time. We're going to have this perfect Pinterest uh, family and parties. And then one day your prayers just help me not to kill them. And uh, man, <laughs> and the fact that some of you are kind of laughing, you're living what I'm living. It's like, just get me through the day. Is it almost bedtime? But I'm going to talk to those who've lowered your expectations of what God might do. So I want to give you a thought, and this is a thought that we're going to come to throughout our message, and I hope that this thought not only means something to you now, but that it means even more as we look into God's Word today. And the thought is this, you have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. I'm going to say it again, you have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. So I'm going to talk to you today about a couple from the Old Testament named Abraham and Sarah. Originally, their names were Abram and Sarai, but their names were changed. Then they had this dream, just like other couples. They have this dream to have children, but unfortunately, they couldn't conceive. And that's just how it often goes, isn't it? Whenever you want kids and you can't conceive, it seems like everybody else can. You go to life group, and it's like everyone's announcing week after week, I'm expecting, I'm expecting, and they just kind of look at one another. They get pregnant, we're doing everything possible, and they get pregnant. They're going to the classes, they're painting the nursery, everybody else is getting pregnant, but Abraham and Sarah, they can't, and they're devastated. 
then God speaks to them and challenges them to take this massive step of faith. And it's recorded in Genesis chapter 12. So I want to tell you what happened in Genesis 12, and then we're going to jump forward to Genesis 15. So if you want to follow along, you can use the Bibles in, in uh, the seats in front of you, or I'll also have the specific scripture verses on the screen behind me. But in Genesis 12 verse 2, God says this to Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to make you into a great nation. Another time says that you're going, to the be, you're going to be the father of many nations. And they hear this and they immediately know, there it is. God said it. It's going to happen. We're going to be parents. This is the news we've been waiting for. God has promised us, so it's going to come. So immediately they start picking baby names. Well, if it's a boy, we're going to name this. If it's a girl, we're going to name this. Maybe they devote one of the rooms of their tent to the nursery, and they're like, okay, if it's a boy, Star Wars theme. If it's a girl, My Little Pony. They're planning their Instagram reveal. Like, things are happening. But then the month comes to an end, and they're waiting, and they're thinking, perhaps this is the month. Nope, this isn't the month. Nothing happens. We're not pregnant. No big deal. God's word is still true. He's just giving us a month to prepare. So then the next month is going to be the month. Well, another month goes by, and certainly, well, this has got to be the month, and we're not pregnant again. So two months, okay, God's giving us a bit more time. Third month, fourth month, fifth month, sixth month, seventh month. This is a message for those of you who've lowered your expectations of what God might do. Genesis 12, God makes a promise. But then we jump forward to Genesis 15, and we read in verse 1, some time later. Can I get everyone to say that with me? Sometime later. So what is sometime later? Like sometimes we read these verses in the Bible and everything just happens so lickety split that it's like, oh yeah, sometime later. But it's like, how, often, how long was that? Well, Genesis 12, there's a promise. Genesis 15 is sometime later. And the answer is, we're not exactly sure how much time went by, but we know that at least one decade Pass between Genesis 12 and Genesis 15. Ten years. Some Bible scholars argue much longer, but we know that for sure one decade passed. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and reward you, and it will be great. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? What good is all that you give me when I don't have someone to give it to after I die? I don't even have a son. That's what he's saying here. So sometime later, at least a decade passed, and a decade or more of what appears to be unfulfilled promise, promises and unrealized expectations— Month after month after month, at least 120 disappointments because they got the promise of God and then they were waiting. And it's like, where are you, God? Why aren't you doing what I thought you were going to do? And some of you may have your own version of this story. You have a goal. God, I know you're going to help me pay off this credit card by summer. And then summer comes and your credit card has even more than when you made the goal. Where are you, God? God, I know you're going to hear my prayer. My dad is going to get saved. A year goes by and your dad's even meaner than he's ever been before. Nowhere close to coming to faith in Christ. 
God, by next Christmas, I can just see it. Next Christmas, I'll be dating the person that will be my spouse. And then next Christmas comes, and you haven't been within 10 feet of someone who's even remotely attracted to you. And oh, God, where are you? Did I hear you right? Was it you or was it not you? Did, did you forget about me? Are you even there? You see, from Abraham's point of view, nothing was happening. There was a promise and a lot of time, but no evidence of God working whatsoever. So instead of being a father of many nations, he thought, well, I'm going to lower my expectations. Just give me a son. One son, that's all I want. But let me remind you, you have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. So this is a message for those of you who've lowered your expectations of what God might do. So we're starting this new series today called Exponential. And when it comes to faith, when it comes to life, when it comes to God's blessings, we tend, if you're taking notes, we tend to think addition. If, if we, we, we kind of think, God, just add this to my life. Bless me with a son. We tend to think addition. But our God thinks multiplication. We think addition, but he's thinking multiplication. If you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, what did God say to Adam and Eve? He said, be fruitful and multiply. He didn't say be fruitful and add. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And when Amanda and I got married, her dad gave a speech at the reception and quoted the movie, um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the parents do the speeches there. And he said, here tonight we have apples and oranges. We're all different, but in the end, we're all fruit. And then he ended off by saying, and hopefully as we celebrate the love between Kevin and Amanda, we can make some more fruit. <laughs> because there's this God-wired part of us that is called to be fruitful and multiply. Don't add, multiply. Jesus said that a sower, a guy who plants, went out to sow some seeds. And some seed didn't just produce a single return on a single seed invested. It wasn't one for one. Jesus said that some seeds produced a harvest of 30 times the return, some 60 times the return, some 100 times the return. A single seed planted has an exponential multiplying return of a hundredfold of what one seed was planted in the ground. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. Abraham and Sarah wanted a son. A decade passed and they didn't see anything happening. A decade. And I don't know about you, but there have been times that I've been praying and it seems like nothing is happening. You're believing that God's going to do something, that God would hear your prayer, hear the cry of your heart, that, that God would bring a miracle, that God would change something, that God would move upon someone, that God would make a provision that you've been praying for, you've been believing, but nothing has happened. God, where are you? Well, I want to tell you that just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. I want to say that one again because I think someone needs to hear this. Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean God isn't doing it. A seed planted in the ground, you don't see what's happening under the ground. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. Two weeks ago, we got to celebrate the baptism of Laura. 
And it was awesome. I loved being part of that. And I loved that part of her story was Picnic in the Park. I shared this at the end of the service. And the reason that it was so cool is because I had been praying and wondering and discussing with the leadership team, is this program doing anything? Like, are we even having an impact in the community? Or are we just putting on a fun event that people can swing by and move on like nothing happened? So last year when we didn't have a summer intern, we decided to just pack up the program. Okay, we're not going to do it this year. And actually, the signs that I have for advertising, I threw out, uh, which I just discovered recently as we were looking for them. But I thought, that's probably the end of the program. And if we ever run it again, well, we'll redesign it and print some new ones then. But I had no idea what God was doing and producing through a single seed planted in faith. Because then Laura reached out to us saying, hey, are you guys doing Picnic in the Park this year? And Amanda said, no, but you can come to a weekend service, and we have a kids program there. And we got connected with Laura then, and her family's been coming out ever since. And it's amazing. So not only did it connect us with Laura, but it also helped us restart the program this year. And I made it to this past one, and it was phenomenal. Like the relationships, I talked to a lady, Lizanne, who's a, a grandparent in the community and lives with her son and daughter-in-law and watches over her grandkids. And she hadn't been to church in 10 years. And she's like, tell me more about your church. I'm so interested. I'd love to bring my grandkids out. And it started a relationship there. There's another lady, if you get the chance to meet her, she's from Iraq, and she brought her kids out. And her story is powerful because... She was telling me a little bit about it, and I said, man, I love hearing people's stories. And she's like, oh, you want to hear my story? So I'm like, oh, that wasn't it? Okay. So I sat down and had coffee, and she was a believer already over in Iraq, fleeing ISIS. And the story of how she met her husband when he was on the run to her village, and then he moved to Canada, and she was still on the run from ISIS over there. They met, got married in Lebanon. She went back to, like, phenomenal stuff. Like, I'm just like, I need to have her come and share her story to our church. That'd be awesome. But people are sitting on such powerful stories. And it's that seed that's planted in the ground. We don't know what God's doing. But because of Laura, because of the summer interns, because of your faithfulness and generosity, we were able to run these things and plant more seeds. And we might not see what God's doing right away, but he is at work. Going back even further than that, I remember laying in bed in October 2015. We had Landon, who was one. Kinsley was, or Kinsley was about four months in her mom's belly. <laughs> we didn't have her yet. And Amanda was laying in bed, too, and she's just, she started crying. And I don't always know how to handle tears. And I'm like, oh, boy, what do I say? And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't even know how we're going to afford a crib when this baby comes. And we had been renting a little place that was chipmunk infested and falling apart in Ancaster, and we we're going into debt renting it every month. And I just thought, well, God's got us. That was my encouragement because I didn't know how to deal with the tears. So I'm, God's got us, and you just have to trust, like a little bit of faith. <laughs> and you know what? By January 2016, just a few months later, we were living in our own house here in Binbrook. We were starting to meet with a small group of you. In a, in a living room and, and just praying and dreaming and discerning of what a church might look like 
here in Binbrook, a new expression of faith. And look at us now. We're almost up to six years of, of formal worship services. We're about to run that picnic in the park. We've celebrated weddings and births and dedications and baptisms and people placing their faith in Jesus, like all of this stuff. Like, I love it. And I couldn't tell you how it was going to happen back then. But I took a step of faith and said, okay, God, you're opening these opportunities and possibilities, so I'm going to take that step. And then you guys have all taken a step of faith too and said, I see something too, and I'm going to plant that seed. I'm so excited that because of your faithfulness, through your, genera through your generosity, through your love for Jesus, we've been able to do all this. The fall fairs, the, the first ever... Uh, Santa Claus Parade, the golf tournaments that Glanbrook Community Services puts on, we've been able to be present in the community and make a difference. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. Like a seed in the ground, you don't necessarily see it working. And when we don't, we often go, oh man, I don't see it working, I don't see it, why isn't it going? But what you don't understand is God is still sending the sun. God is still sending the rain. And just because you don't see anything break from the ground doesn't mean it's not working where you don't see it. Because eventually that seed breaks open and it starts taking root. And long before you ever see the fruit, God's got to make it take root. Just because you don't yet see the fruit doesn't mean that the seed is not taking root. You have no idea what our God can do through a single seed planted in faith. Abraham had the same problem that so many of us have. He had this very limited perspective. Where was Abraham? He was in his tent. That's where it tells us in Scripture. Abraham is sitting up here in his tent. He said, God, I don't see you working. I don't see anything happening, God. You told me the many nations stuff. I don't even see a son. God, I'm not married yet. My clock's ticking. All these people I work with, ain't no prospects here. I'm buried in debt, doing a stupid job that's way beneath me. There's no way I'm going to get out of this, God. God, the report came back, and it's not good. I don't know if you're paying attention or not. It's not good. And I don't see you anywhere. God, you're not doing what I wanted. But what I hope you'll remember is this. If God met all of your expectations, he would never have the chance to exceed them. Abraham's in his tent telling God what he doesn't see. In verse 5 of Genesis 15, we read, Then the Lord took Abraham outside. And I would love to know what that looked like. The Lord took him outside. Get out here, Abram. The Lord meets Abram and takes him out. And honestly, this is what I feel called to do as your pastor, is to help you get outside of your limited perspective, to help you take your next step out of your unmet expectations. So Abram's in the tent. I don't see what you're doing. Perhaps in some way God communicated to him something that is true in his word. My thoughts are not like your thoughts, Abram. My ways are not like your ways. And he took him out of the tent. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways 
higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The Lord takes him out. But verse 5, let's look at the whole verse. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. God, you haven't even given me a son. And the Lord takes him out of the tent and he says, Look up and look at the stars. That's how many descendants you're going to have. Abraham is stunned, shaken, perhaps even silenced. So what did he do? Well, I don't know, but maybe he fell down just in worship, just like looking up at the stars. If you've ever been up north and you just you get away from the streetlights and the city lights and you just see the vast amount of stars, maybe he just started singing, started crying. I'm so sorry, God. I was thinking addition, but you were thinking multiplication. God, I was thinking of a son, and you were thinking of a nation. For those of you who belong to Christ, what I hope you'll understand, when you see the stars in the sky, that Abraham was told, those will be your descendants. And what I hope you'll understand is this. You are one of those stars. Do you understand that? That you are a seed of Abraham. There's a Bible verse that says it. There's also a song too, which we'll get to in a minute. Let's start with the Bible. <laughs> but the Bible says in Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, if you've been transformed by his grace, if you've met his resurrection power, if you've been forgiven of your sins, who are you? You are Abraham's seed. You are one of those stars that he looked up to in the sky and saw. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. You're a seed of Abraham. Now for the song, for those of you who grew up in Sunday school, you might know, so you're welcome to join along, but it goes like, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. You can sing with me. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn around, sit down. All that stuff. You know it. <laughs> if God always met your expectations, he would never have the chance to exceed them. You have no idea what our God can produce through a single seed planted in faith. So here's what I hope you'll understand. Abraham was thinking of a son. But God was also thinking of you. All the way, thousands and thousands of years later through history, he was thinking about you. And that's why you never measure God's unlimited power by your limited expectations. One seed, one step of faith, one prayer prayed. One prayer prayed can change a family, which can change a generation, which can change who knows what. One gift given may impact a life. You may not see it today. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take years for that seed to take root and produce fruit. But one gift given can initiate this explosive growth of spiritual fruit. And God can multiply what is given back into your life. It may not happen immediately, but you have no idea what God might do through a single seed sown in faith. So this is a message for those of you who've lowered your expectations. You haven't seen anything happening, so you've thought, okay, God, I'll just take the scraps. I'll take what I can get. 
God may not do exactly what you want him to do in the moment, but our God is still working in all things to bring about good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Do not grow weary in doing good. Scripture says, for you will reap a harvest. Well, how do you reap a harvest? You have to plant the seed. Jesus said, unless a kernel is planted and even dies, it will only be a seed. But if you die to yourself and plant the seed in the ground, many can be transformed. And Jesus is actually here foreshadowing his death, that he's about to give his life so that many can be transformed by his grace and forgiveness and the giving of his life. And you might say, but I don't have a lot of faith. Well, the good news is, you don't need a lot of faith. You might say, I'm hurting. I haven't seen God work in so long. How much faith do I actually need for a miracle? Well, Jesus said this, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's a mustard seed. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be removed from here, and that mountain will be removed. If you have the faith of the smallest seed, our God is working. Our God is with you. Our God is for you. Our God is powerful. He is the God of salvation. He is the God of forgiveness. He is the God of breakthroughs. He is the God of miracles. You have no idea what our God can produce through a single seed planted in faith. So if you've started to lower your expectations of God, understand this. God's promises are true. God's word is alive. His presence is with us to this day. We serve a God who can do exceedingly more and abundantly more, Scripture says. We serve a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more, not addition, but multiplication. We serve a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all you can ask, think, or even imagine according to his power that is at work within his church, so that he would be glorified for generations to come. You have no idea what God can do through a single seed planted in faith. And if you haven't connected the dots yet, your life is a seed. You have no idea how many lives can be touched, how many lives can be changed, how, many, how much glory can be brought to the Father through one seed, through one life given. Because we have no idea what our God can produce through one life devoted to Him. If you'll pray with me, Heavenly Father, we ask today that you would speak to us. God, speak to us, your church. Inspire, encourage, build our faith to believe that you want to do more in us and you want to do more through us. As we keep praying, I just want to talk to a couple different people today. To those of you who've been believing God for a long time and you're a bit discouraged, do you mind just lifting up your hand right now? I won't single you out. I just want to pray for you, pray with you. You've been believing God for a long time. You're just discouraged. You haven't seen him working. Father, I pray today that just as Abraham and Sarah waited for over a decade, that our faith would not just be in what we want, God, but that our faith would be completely in you and who you are and your goodness and your perfect will and your provision and your perfect timing. God, help us to put our full faith in you. 
And for those of you that might be going through life, and you're a little dissatisfied and you're feeling like you're settling. You always thought there was more, but now you're experiencing less. And you recognize you have no idea what God could do through your life. But you're saying, God, yes, use me to do more for your kingdom. I want to be a seed that brings more fruit. Would you lift up your hand right now? Let me just pray with you. God, I thank you for a safe place where we can come and just say yes to what you're stirring within us. Stir within us a desire to to serve in your church. And as your church, give us the heart to let our light shine to people who need the grace of Jesus. God, give us favor with people as we lift up your name. We thank you, God, for those who've raised their hands today. Stretch them to believe that you can do more in them and through them than they ever thought possible. And as we keep praying today, some of you, you're here because God brought you here for this very moment. Perhaps you're hurting. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel guilty for something you've done. I just want to tell you about the grace of God. The one who called himself the seed that would be planted. The one who would give his life so that many could come to the knowledge and the goodness of the grace of Jesus. He is the Son of God. Jesus was perfect in every way, never sinned. Yet Jesus became sin for us. He bore the weight of our sins on the cross. He died as the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. The tomb was empty and he was not there. Why? Because God used his death and resurrection to defeat death, hell, and the grave. So anyone who calls on the name of Jesus would be completely transformed. His one life, the seed of Abraham, now could bring a harvest in your life. For those who say, I need his forgiveness, I need his grace, simply call on his name. He hears your prayers. You're saved not by good works, but only by the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy of Jesus. To those who are saying, yes, that's me, I'm turning from my sin, I'm turning towards Jesus, I give my life to him. As you call on him, you will never be the same. You're not here by accident. Today is the day of your salvation. So if you're saying, yes, I'm giving my life to Jesus, just lift your hand now so I can pray with you, so we can celebrate. And let me just invite everybody. Let's pray out loud together. Just pray, Heavenly Father, Forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. Use me to reach people and to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.